Okay, and welcome back to the Goon Squad podcast. It's been a uh, a little bit of a while, but basically every time I've sat down to record a another episode, something random has happened in the drama-filled world of the Arsenal. Um, so I guess probably since we last spoke, the loss to West Ham was the, uh, the game that is probably fresh in everyone's mind. Um... I'm sure by now, though, because that was a while ago, that uh, that's kind of been done to death by everyone. Suffice to say that we lost 1-0 uh, to West Ham. Um, is it Declan Rice? Uh, he got his first goal for West Ham. Excuse me, for West Ham against us. Um, particularly annoying you know you could almost you could almost write it ahead of the game hey is there anyone who's on their debut here well not debut necessarily but their their ability to get their first goal because they'll probably will because our defense is uh about as porous as a, a bit of chicken wire fence um it's just frustrating like you it's quite funny because you, you hear a lot of people uh, on the internet saying that they just didn't feel like we were going to win this game. And I, I feel like the team didn't feel like we were going to win this game. It was so lethargic and just rubbish. I mean, I'm not going to labour onto this game too much because it's a while ago now and it's, I feel like it's probably been done to death. And if you're listening to this, then you also will have listened to and read a bunch of people dissecting every last moment of it. But something that I haven't really heard touched on by many people is the fact that he brought on um Bellerin and um Torreira and uh Ramsey actually did he bring Ramsey on I think he brought Ramsey on anyway um Bellerin and Torreira particularly uh towards the end of the game and I, and I kind of think like this was after we were already struggling and it was just a snooze fest I don't understand now I think that if a player is on the bench they are they are fit enough to play because otherwise why would you have them on the bench um you know they they're going to get onto the pitch at some point well obviously in his mind he's thinking I'm going to give them like 30 minutes or whatever at the end of the game I don't understand why we why managers approach it like that now I, I'm not having a massive guy Emery because I don't think he's the only person who does this but I sort of think to myself you've got these better players they're coming back from injury they can maybe only do half an hour put them on for the first half an hour because you know they're the kind of players who can make an impact who can do stuff they're our best players um i feel like once a game has started going a direction um of like like the the west ham game did of like kind of lethargy and um just wasn't going well uh it's very hard for them to come on particularly if we're already one nil down and like the crowds on their back and blah, blah, blah. You can just tell how it's going and turn it around. I just think that that's a really hard thing to do. However, if you go out there, you put a stamp on the game, get things going, it's all good. And then maybe a couple of your players are knackered and have to be subbed. Um, or you don't want to risk them or whatever you want to do. At that point, people can come on. And if you've already got a goal, if you've already, if you know, if you already have the upper hand, the other team is the other team is the team that is in that funk which is hard to get out of i just think that like i don't, i just don't understand why you wouldn't play your better teams uh, your better players and then take them off if they've only got half an hour in them take them off after half hour i know that you, i mean you never see that happen do you like you never see people getting subbed after half an hour unless they're injured <laughs> um but i just think in terms of the psychology psychology and 
momentum of the game that we could have really done with Torreira and um, Bellerin on there to start with. I'm not saying that we would have definitely won or anything like that, but I just think if you watch the first couple of minutes of that game, it wasn't the end of the world. Like we were doing fine, and then it just sort of just it just did as it so often does, and so often did previously uh, uh, under Arsene Wenger, just kind of ebbs away from us. Like you can see that we start off, um, have a few opportunities that we squander. And then it just kind of drifts away and everyone's like, oh, well, what we had there to start with hasn't worked. So now we're just going to cruise. Uh, or, or Is it the players just losing confidence that, that their plan that they initially set out with isn't working and they haven't got the, the tools to switch it up? I, I, I don't know. But it really frustrates me. I kind of feel like if we have these players who are who are clearly the better options... Um, and they're on the bench because they're fit enough to play for a period of time. I'd rather see them at the start than see them at the end when, when the game can be gone from us. Um, but, I mean, I don't know if there's a, a an actual scientifically borne out reason why they do that or what, but um, it never seems to work, and I would lo- I would just love to see us not do that anymore. I think it's kind of unfair on the player as well to come on and be like, I'm supposed to be rescuing us from this dirge of a performance. Anyway... So next on our uh, our list of things to talk about was transfers and the uh, the bit of transfer news that everyone was looking forward to was when Emery said in his press conference that we can only have loan signings. Um, now, I wasn't super excited about... Well, excited is probably the wrong word. I didn't have a super belief we were going to sign anyone any good this transfer window anyway. But... It's just it's just frustrating to think how we have like some of the most expensive tickets in the league. You know, we're London, we it's not like we're in some sparsely populated corner of like poverty stricken um Britain. Um we're in a rich a pit area where people are paying loads of money, attendances are good. Well, I say attendance is good. People buying the tickets in the games are good. Um, you know, it's very frustrating. I think uh, I saw on a uh, uh, AFTV or whatever they're called these days, um, was it um, DT saying that we, you know, we're playing paying Waitrose prices and shopping at Poundland or something of that nature, and I, I think it's exactly right. I don't. I, whilst I don't, I don't agree with a lot of what people say um, online. I think that that's a, a reasonable assessment of how things are. We pay a lot of money, we buy a load of merch, all this stuff, and we're Mickey Mouse, like, on the pitch. Um, don't be wrong, when things... I think it's difficult, because people will go, oh, you've got um, Aubameyang, he's one of the league's top scorers, you've got Lacazette, blah, blah, blah. That's all well and good. Um, what we don't have is depth or options. <laughs> like, we can't, don't seem to be able to, anyway, change things up. Like, a game's not going how we want. We haven't got the... The, di- the difference of approach that, that we can affect a change in a game. Um, like I was talking to someone the other day, how I'd love to us to still have Giroud and just be able to sling him on there and just punt some balls at his head and hope he uh, nut- heads us in or does something to sort of just scuff a victory at the end. I have no confidence in us doing that at the moment. Maybe Nketiah could do that, but he never gets on. So, pff, you know, I-, I really want to see more of him, but at the same time, 
I just don't know. I mean, uh, and that's not to criticise the attacking side of the team because without being funny, it's the defence which is the problem. It's it's a big, it's one of those things which is getting frustrating now because we've had a big flashing neon sign pointing at our rubbish defence for multiple years now. And what have we done to change it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, we've signed um, Mustafi a while ago now um, I mean, Socrates, I, I, I don't mind Socrates. I think that, I think if you took, you look at um, Gabriel Polista, he seems to be much better now that he's not playing in the absolute shambles of defence that we we have. Um, and I feel like, I, I feel like even Mustafi would probably um, be able to play better in a different defence. Um, I think Socrates is better than Mustafi. Um, I think we're really missing Rob Holding, but I mean, that's, He's a young guy coming through. Um, he should be like the 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 less good guy next to a really good guy, um, and stay at his same level. If you know, if you get what I'm saying there, hmm, I'm sure I could have executed that better. But you know what I mean. Um, it's really frustrating. Um, it's I think the frustration is that we haven't dealt with it. Like how you you imagine if you're flying along in a plane and like. The tail is like flapping around or something like that, um, and people are going. There's something wrong with the tail here, mate. And everyone goes, yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry. We'll get more power in the engines. Yeah, but that's not really addressing the fact that the tail is flapping around, and you know, we're probably going to crash out of control here. Yeah, yeah. But we're getting more power in the engines. Okay, that that's great. You know, how long do you continue down that route before you just go? I'm taking control of this situation. But but in 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 something like Arsenal. We can't take control of the situation. Like, we can't even do a protest because the guy who actually pulls the strings and owns the club, he doesn't, he's not even there. I don't even know when, when it's in a game day, you know, other than potentially he gets more um, notifications that he's been slagged off on Twitter or something. I don't know. It's very frustrating. Anyway, so with that bombshell dropped upon us that we are loans only, um, it came to sort of look at what what the sort of uh, options were. Eben, Eben, no, Eben Benega, David Suarez, Yannick Carrasco. Carrasco? Yeah, I don't know how you pronounce him. The only thing I know about any of those players is that one of them is a bench warmer, not even necessarily a bench warmer at Barcelona, a uh, depth player at best. In this, I'm talking about Suarez here. Uh, and the other guy, I was at the Emirates when he scored against us for, was it Monaco? In a game where, I have to concede, Giroud had less ability to score goals than I did. Um, God, I seem to have... Like, every game I go to seems to be one of the nightmare games of uh, of Arsenal anyway. Um, so, I don't know whether... I mean, I, I've, there's a lot of rumour and stuff about Suarez, about, oh yeah, Barcelona want us to guarantee we're going to buy him or just buy him and all this sort of stuff it, it seems like they're making some big jet like big conditions on a guy who doesn't play for them and isn't really a sort of star player I think the problem is is that uh, I mean and I have absolutely no idea about Benega I can't even be bothered to look it up because it just sounds like something that's not going to happen um, it I mean none of these guys are big names that I as a sort of, I wouldn't say I. I am at best a casual fan of other leagues. Um, I, I, they're not 
doing it for me and I think to go, to go out of our way I saw a thing saying that we might be paying three million pounds to loan uh James Rodriguez um from Bayern Munich or I mean are we would you loan it from Bayern loan him from Bayern Munich or from Real Madrid he's already on loan um as so far as I know he's not exactly tearing it up at least he's a name though but I mean I just think how much his wages are, three million pounds. Like if we have no money, why waste them on a player that we don't really want just because he's available for some price? I mean, I, I, it's just super frustrating. And then with all of this, then comes the exciting uh, bit of information that um, Sven Mills Millenstadt, I don't know how you pronounce him, from henceforth be known as just Sven, uh, is potentially on his way out. Um, now that's really frustrating to me because when he came in, I was like, bro, you know, I can see why we've done this. This is a guy who's discovered a bunch of, um, like promising young players and then they've developed into Bamiang, uh, and people like that. <laughs> um, yet we've decided, well, the story goes that we've decided that Raul Cellini's, um, contact book is better for getting us players um than Sven's like uh statistical analysis and all that sort of stuff that he does his like process that he does to try and get players uh, and basically the the story is that he's finding his players presenting them to us and then we're not going with them um now <laughs> I just don't get it. I mean, we're supposed to be self-sustained and buying 30-year-old players for massive prices does not seem like it is going to be doing us any favours. Uh, I mean, you know, this is one of the things when I was looking at uh, Benegra, I think he's quite old. Um, I, I just the, the appeal of buying a 29 to 30-year-old on anything other than a super cheap price for a stopgap player, we've already got a team full of 30-plus-year-olds. We need we need some youth, um, uh, and I don't mean like youth for the sake of youth. I mean some real players who are gonna. They might be a bit raw, but that, you know, because it's exciting watching a young player getting better. I mean, whatever you think of Guendouzi, um, you know, and I I definitely think that we're overusing him, and I think that he has weaknesses in his game, but it's more exciting than um, than watching. I'm trying to think. Uh, well, I mean, probably more exciting than watching El Nenny or someone of that nature strolling around out there. I mean, you know that El Nenny's probably much more unlikely to put a foot wrong, but he's uh, not exactly inspiring excitement in uh, a lot of what he does. And that's not a criticism of El Nenny. I actually quite like El Nenny. Um, it's just more a case of if we have some of this young talent coming through, um, I mean, we can't get Reese Nelson back fast enough, can we? Um, I, I, it really bothers me when people go, well, can't we recall him? It's like I don't think people seem to understand that when you send a player out on loan for a season and you have a contract, I don't think that teams uh, are going to be super eager to... I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure that sometimes loan contracts have got a thing in there saying we can recall them if like, a massive injury crisis occurs or whatever. I'm sure they, they do. But I think when you're dealing with big teams... Um, and big players, well, potentially big players, that they're they're not going to invest the time and effort and money into these guys, just thinking as soon as they get good, you're going to yank them back. And even if it was in the contract, it probably does us um, no favours from a sort of um, an image 
um, perspective in terms of being able to do any other loan business with anyone else. Because if we look like we screw them over, then we're probably going <laughs> to not get any, uh, pre- not preferential treatment, but good deals in the future. And that's, fi- that's fine. I, yeah, if we commit to send a guy out on loan for a season, I think that's what we should do. Um, but I think the fact that people just think you can just click your fingers and bring a guy back, it's just ridiculous. Um, especially when you think, if we're supposed to be only loaning players ourselves, can you imagine if halfway through the season the team just goes, no, nah, we want him back? I don't know. I think people have got some funny views on things like that. Um, so the, the whole like Sven leaving thing, it really frustrates me, and I've given it a bit of thought, and I basically feel like this is all on Gazidis, if I'm honest with you. I feel like he basically put into place this new system um got Sven in, got rolling um and then just when they were like having to do something went so then you get these like this like power vacuum where everyone wants to be the man and uh, you've got uh Vinai um who is i believe like a 37 year old guy i don't know what how much experience he has at the top of football but certainly um he is there you've got uh Raul Salini um and you've got Sven and I feel like I think I think Vinaya makes the final call on this sort of stuff um but you know I'm sure that he has pressures from the from KSE everyone's favorite ownership um bunch um to just do whatever they say effectively um and it just frustrates me that we had this what seemed like a cohesive plan that has at the first first possible point of falling apart seems like it's falling apart um i mean i just don't get it it's it why get a guy who everyone knows how the 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 way he operates what he does um why get him in and then not back his methods i just it it begs belief. Um, it's really frustrating, and it, and this is the kind of stuff that I expect from other teams. I think one of the most the most irksome bits about this whole scenario is that normally we do things well, and it just feels like we are not doing this well at all. When like this this was the thing like when we got when we got Unai Emery after Arsene Wenger, that seemed like it was a bit out of left field. I wasn't expecting it, um, and it seemed like a good thing. Put put Unai in place, um, have this structure, yeah, all good. Results start going okay, um, and then now first transfer window, first little dip in form, and everything's falling apart. It's just like, oh my god. I mean, don't be me wrong. A couple of wins under our belt, and we'll stop worrying about it. But at the same time, it's just like, why can't we just do things properly? Where's the money? um for 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 transfers and what and and I think bringing us on to the final thing that I want to talk about where's Ozil <laughs> um I mean I, there was a thing out saying that Emery thinks you need to create friction with players and it's just like how much friction how how much do you think Ozil cares you know this is a guy who's bought on the ire of like a bunch of like the, the german football establishment by basically mugging out off the uh, the german national side management e people um 
he's getting paid 350 grand a week he is a multi-millionaire he has a contract um like how how much friction do you think this guy has i think that he's sitting there thinking i don't care like i'm realistically contracted up to an age where i'm not going to be getting another contract like this anyway so i'm just going to sit here i'm going to do what i'm required to do by my contract which is make myself available and go to training or whatever he has to do. I mean, I, I, I'm i not up to speed fully with what Mesut Ozil's contract is, but, you know, I'm assuming these are the sort of um, main things that he has in there. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do what I'm contractually obliged to do. I'm going to get paid handsomely for it. And whatever friction a manager wants to cause in me by not playing me, I... <sighs> Is that really that important to him? I mean, it's certainly when he is playing, it doesn't look like it's that important to him, you know. And I'm not, you know, I try and put myself in the situation he's in. And I think to myself, if I'm a member of a team and I personally think that the manager is being a douchebag to me, what I'm not going to care. It's I, that to me, I'll just be like, oh, whatever, mate and do whatever, <laughs> do the minimum required by my contract. It's like, put yourself in this situation. Your boss at work starts being an idiot to you. you you're you getting paid loads, so you're under no sort of uh, thing of that you're just going to go, oh, I'll quit because I don't like this. Uh, you're getting paid handsomely, like super handsomely. Um, so you're thinking, yep, I'll just carry on, I'll just do whatever... You know, and, and you also you kind of know that the, your boss is not the actual boss who has any power to to fire you, um, and you know that the the management above him are never going to fire you because that's going to cost them a huge amount of money. Um, so you're you're basically safe in your employment, and you can effectively just sit there and mug off your manager because he's mugging you off. Like, who wouldn't do that? That's just a natural thing. That even if you worked at McDonald's, you would do that. Um, whatever you know it's just it's a natural thing if you feel like you're being unreasonably treated at work that's not going to motivate you <laughs> to, to do a lot of work and this is the thing that um i don't really understand how creating friction with players it just seems like a weird thing i mean i i, I you know i don't know uh, i saw a thing saying that um just before i recorded this saying that uh emery had said to Ozil that he should try and get a move away or something like that and it's just like why who Imagine you were at another team, like certainly a team that um, Mesut Ozil might want to actually go to. So you're talking like a sort of top four team in maybe um, England, Spain, Germany, I would imagine. Um, you're a fan of those, those any of those teams and you hear that you might be signing Mesut Ozil. Are you excited? Um <clears throat> you know, you and you you run to YouTube, you type in Mesut Ozil 2018, 2019, and you watch what he's done. Are you excited? <clears throat> I think you'd be more excited if you watched the highlights of Reese Nelson or uh, any number of players. I don't think you'd be excited. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know where you go with that if you want to try and move him on. I mean... This is a guy that we paid, what was it, like £41 million for? And now we're paying three hundred fifty grand a week to, to, to not even be in the squad? I mean, that's not his fault that we pay him that and then don't play him. That's our fault as a team. You know, I feel like there's a lot of... There's two, pe- two groups of people, right? There's people who are 
Ozil was the worst person in the world, and there's people who um, think he's great. Now, I think that he is a good player. Uh, I think that, you know, I don't know. It annoys me when I see him strolling around on the pitch like he doesn't care. That bothers me. Because I, when, I, when I look at a player and I think to myself, you don't even look like you're trying. <laughs> like, and that's, but that's absolutely nothing to do with how much money he gets paid. That's just a thing that annoys me as a fan. And I'm sure that annoys every fan. Um, because we like to think that the players care about it as much as we do. Which I don't think is necessarily true. But one thing is for sure, I don't begrudge anyone getting paid as much as they can for the job that they do. As long as it's not criminal, um, get paid as much. Like, if I could go work at McDonald's and I could get paid 350 grand a week for it, then I'd think I've hit the freaking jackpot. Um, and I wouldn't begrudge anyone else for achieving that either. But what I do think is a problem is us paying that much money for a guy and then not playing him. Like, you could say that this is horrific business, that we should have just let him go at the same time as uh, Sanchez. Now, firstly, I don't know how many people were after him at the time anyway, but you can also see from a sort of PR and a status point of view why that would have been a bad thing to do. It's not like we haven't let players go before, but at the same time, you could see why that would be bad. And also, the fans would have gone nuts. Let's not forget that. Um, But... There must have been someone else involved, because otherwise, how do we end up paying him three hundred fifty grand? <laughs> like, you know, if no one was trying to get him, why would we have put like put set the bar that much higher than anything else we paid before? But it's really a kind of a moot point because that is the situation. He has that contract. We have to either start getting some value out of him, or just write off that amount of money because it's just it's a it's a story that's hanging over us now that it just is embarrassing that. Um, it's just pointless and it's just you know everyone's talked about it there's not much we can really say or do about it um it's just embarrassing and how a bunch of professional people getting paid lots of money and i'm not talking about Ozil here i'm talking about the actual like the 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 staff at arsenal the 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 eyes that are raul's and the svens and the emery's can't sort something out there like, how is no one ringing up and saying, what is going on? Like, maybe this is one of those situations where... Can you imagine? Can you imagine this situation happening at Chelsea and Roman Abramovich not finding his way down to the sort of uh, the offices and saying, all right, guys, I've invested a load of money in this guy. What is going on? But, you know, one of you needs to make a compromise and get him on the pitch. Um, and I feel like maybe if uh, Silent Stan wasn't so silent and he actually cared about what was going on at Arsenal, that might happen. But, you know, maybe he does. I don't know. But it doesn't feel like it. And if he does, maybe it would be a good idea for it to be in the paper. Because at the moment, we have this bizarre situation where fans are just making their own mind up as to who to blame for this. Um, there's no information. And it feels like... The problem is, I suppose, that the, the team are stuck because they can't mug off or uh, mess it publicly. Because if they do, they give him a massive like uh, power in the sort of ability to negotiate a transfer away. Because no team is going to pay top whack for a player who the club is annoyed with. Do you know what I mean? Like everywhere, it's this weird, softly, softly situation where 
no one wants to make their value go down. Messer doesn't want to hurt his brand. So he's like tweeting out going, oh yeah, I'm totally fit. And then we're going, yeah, we're leaving out for tactical reasons whilst losing 1-0 to West Ham because we had no creativity. Oh, it's just beyond me. But um, yeah, anyway, I I feel like I've ranted enough about that. Um, If you want to reach me, uh, then GoonSquadPC on Twitter. Um, That's not because I'm a police constable or because I'm politically correct, it's because uh, uh, I just thought PC was like a way of abbreviating podcast, um, which in retrospect maybe it isn't. Um, but anyway, yeah, so um, give me a shout on there, uh, get people to listen, uh, because I seem to be failing to do that. But anyway, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens to, uh, on the on the weekend, I guess. Uh, hopefully a bit more of a uh, a be- a better story to tell, but at the same time, I think that uh, it's against Chelsea, isn't it? So yeah, whilst I I think we can win every game we're going to, like foolishly, uh, the optimist in me says we can win. I I assume that Chelsea will probably give us a slap. I don't know whether their new signing of. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain is going to be able to play in that game. Uh, I guess we will see. Um, certainly, I'd much rather be facing Morata because he's about as effective as a chocolate teapot. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how that's going to go. Well, I don't want to say how I think that's going to go because <laughs> I think that it will just be another one of those instances. Uh, don't be wrong. I hope we. I hope we win, and I think we totally are capable of winning because let's face it Chelsea have been a bit wee woo themselves um, but if I was to put their scale of wee woo and our scale of wee woo next to each other I'd say that they probably come out on top but on any given day the ebbs and flows we could we could sneak that so op- optimistically I'll say 1-0 to us uh, anyway we'll speak again after that game I hope you have a great weekend bye